Shallowy driving it toward the back post for Zussi, who puts it back across, and Shelton slots it home! Zussi can have a hit from here, he does, and Graham Zussi re-elects Graham Zussi! Shallowy knocks it in! The Hungarian assassin has given Sporting KC the lead! It's Russell! This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What is up, sporting fans? Welcome in to this week's edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show, getting you ready for another big matchup at Children's Mercy Park tomorrow night between Sporting Kansas City and the Chicago Fire. It's been a busy week, midweek matchup on Wednesday night. 2-2 draw on the road against the LA Galaxy. We'll talk about all of that and everything else going on around the team right now. But, uh got to welcome in the crew on the show today as always joined by Nate Bucati and uh, we've also got a special guest Blake Arney who you may have uh, heard his name and heard his voice a couple of times on either the final whistle post-match show on our pregame coverage here on Sports Radio 810 ahead of Sporting Kansas City matches so uh, Nate I'll start with you how are you doing? Uh, I'm fantastic I had a, a nice little midweek trip to Montreal to do a pretty decent game up there between Montreal and Nashville and I got to be honest I'm buzzing right right now over the chance to come back to Children's Mercy Park and call a match because um, I haven't done that since last, since you took my job, Allie. Um, (laughs) And so, uh, (laughs) honestly, the sporting fans might either roll their eyes at this, I don't know, but uh, when the whole whirlwind happened before the season of, uh, you know, getting signed to the deal to do games for Apple and Fox, I cried in the car on the way from here back to my house that day because um, part of it tears of joy over such an exciting opportunity in my career and part and what but what brought the tears on was actually when uh, it became clear to me that they were going to ask you to do this job and that meant I wasn't going to do this job anymore, which had been the best job I've ever had in my entire life up until this point and. Um, I haven't been in the booth to call a game since that day. And I got to come last weekend to the LAFC game as a fan, and I popped upstairs to say hi uh, to, to a few folks and all that. Um, and that made it even more real that, like, man, I used, this used to be my booth type of thing. And so to get to – I've done a few sporting games so far this year, but those were all on Fox, so those were from a studio. So this will be the first time I get to go back into that booth and call a game. So I'm, I'm really, really excited about that. And we're excited to have you back. And, you know, of course, for the home games, you can choose our local radio broadcast. But I would also encourage you uh, – <laughs> It's me you know, versus this is like, No, no, no. <laughs> this is actually like the first time that I'm like, you know what? It's cool. Uh, no. I get – hey, switch back and forth uh, or, you know – Listen to whichever one one of us you like how about that you know yeah and then let us know no <laughs> yeah please don't just, don't yeah no just enjoy the game enjoy what is hopefully going to be a, yeah. a big result for sporting kansas city looking to get back to their winning ways at home but blake welcome this is uh, i believe your yeah. debut on the sporting kansas it is city show. I'm, I'm so excited to be here could not be happier Let's and uh, it's been a big year for you you just graduated from college this is your second year uh, working on the sporting broadcasts you got started working uh, with nate helping out with stats and everything and uh yeah we're just happy to have have you on board and keep you know 
growing into different roles and, and whatnot. I love it. I, I, I'm so excited to be here. I've loved working with both of you. You know, I feel like I've gotten to kind of know your working styles, and it's just been so much fun to kind of get thrown in. Well, and uh, up until last weekend at home in that 2-1 loss to LAFC, we had been undefeated with Blake, Arnie, and the Books. So wow. hopefully to get back uh, to the winning ways for Sporting Kansas City. But, Nate, as you mentioned, You've called some Sporting Kansas City games mm-hmm. before this year, just never at Children's Mercy Park. So going to be awesome having you back. But you've also called some – how many Chicago Fire games? A couple. A yeah. couple. Yeah. So you've seen both of these teams have gotten to be on the call uh, for games played by both of these sides. Um, big result midweek for the Chicago Fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, game-winning goal, Kai Kamara, 2-1 uh, win over the Portland Timbers. They're going to be riding high coming into this game after uh, a difficult start to the season for, for them in the Eastern Conference. And then for sporting, we all know the turnaround that they've had after going winless in the first 10. What are you expecting uh, in this matchup between these two sides? Yeah, so the last game that I called for the Chicago Fire was on May 13th. They played at home against St. Louis, and that was in a little bit of a weird stretch where they had just played St. Louis in the U.S. Open Cup and then turned around and played him again in the same city in MLS play. And that was the first game for Frank Klopas as the interim manager because, remember, they uh, they made a managerial change uh, basically right there at the beginning of the month of May, uh, letting Ezra Hendrickson go. And so there was that kind of thought of, okay, do you get that little bump when you make the managerial change? They went out and played a really good game against what was a red-hot St. Louis team at that time. And I thought that that was the best performance of Jordan Shakiri since coming to the United States. The, the truth is, I'd done another game with him earlier in the year uh, of Chicago's against Atlanta, and Tony Miola uh, is my broadcast partner for those Fox games. He had been on the broadcast crew for the Chicago Fire for the past few years before uh, we, we all went to these national gigs this year. So he watched Chicago very closely. And, and he and almost everybody I talked to were like, look, they're not getting the production out of Shakiri that you need to get out of a guy that you're paying that much money to in this league. Uh, for example, the game I just did, you know, Honey Mukhtar mm-hmm. with, with Nashville, he's at the top of the list. But those you need – we're seeing with Kansas City with Alan Polito, right? You need – if you're going to spend big money on a player – you got to get the production from them, and they just hadn't been getting it from uh, from Shakiri. That game against St. Louis was the best performance that I had ever seen him have in a Chicago uniform, and they won that game one nothing. They haven't won since outside um, of Wednesday night. That yeah, was their first win since that game. Exactly that that ended a seven match um, winless streak for them. So. You know, and, and they did it without Shakiri because he's been off on international duty. He's going to be available to, tomorrow, uh, Saturday, whenever you're listening to this podcast. He's going to be available for this game. I'll be surprised if he starts. I think they're really trying to manage his minutes after having such a heavy workload with the World Cup. And, and, and Frank Lopas, I talked to him this week, and he pointed out, look, last time he came back from international duty, he got hurt right away. So they're going to be careful with him. I'll, so I'll be interested to see how much they get from him. But Brian Gutierrez is a guy for everybody to watch out for. He's a reigning uh, member of the, te- of the match day of the week team. A couple of assists, the, you know, the game-winning assist. Mm-hmm. He is a very good young player. I mean, you're seeing young players all over the league that, that turn heads right now, and he is absolutely one of them. So if you're a Sporting Kansas City fan, I think he's a man to watch out for. Well, of course, we'll get into the Kai Kamara storyline as well. But uh, 
uh, th- that's that's the guy, that's the guy to circle as far as I'm concerned for this game. Well, and speaking of Kai Kamara, he was addressing the media after the game and was asked about Gutierrez and said that his son loves Gutierrez and mm-hmm. said he'd probably be more happy with the fact that Gutierrez assisted the goal than the fact that he scored the goal mm-hmm. uh, himself. But Kai Kamara, just one of those players who has at every stage and stop in his career, which is he's appeared for the most teams of any guy in Major League Soccer. I mean, he has really just had an incredible uh, run with with so many different teams, has found ways to score goals and make impacts uh, at every stop in Major League Soccer. Uh, Peter Vermees spoke very very highly of him at training today. We'll hear those comments later on um, in the show. But when we talk about um, production from your highest paid players and, you know, comparing Jordan Shakiri, who has just three goal contributions in the regular season in 2023 compared to Alan Polito, who just can't stop scoring goals mm-hmm. in a number of different mm-hmm. ways. You know, it really does go to show just how impactful and important those players can be when they're performing at a high level and then when they're not meeting those expectations. But something that Eric Tommy said today about Polito that really struck me, and Blake, you were out there as well when we were uh, talking with Peter and Andre Ufantas and Eric Tommy, was that he's been able to play so much. And and Tommy kind of like snuck it in there. He wasn't like, that wasn't the focus. We were talking about, you know, Polito's impact and scoring goals. But, you know, I think beyond that, what's been impressive is just how much he's been able to play. He came back and then it wasn't, you know, he was kind of all the way in. There wasn't really a ton of managing minutes outside of maybe those first couple of games, but you've been in the stadium for some impressive goals. You've been there uh, with us as we broadcasted some uh, on the road as well. Just, what has he done to, to really change the, the fabric of this attack? And do you have a favorite goal that he scored in the last few? Because they've, uh, they've all come in very different fashions. I think the favorite goal has to be the header against Vancouver. The way he like flicked it on into the back post. I mean, there's no chance any keeper is going to be saving that. But I feel like for Alan Polito, it's the, you know, the, the famous saying, the best ability is availability. And for Alan Polito, that has been the struggle in his whole sporting Kansas City career, and now that he's finally found a bit of a stretch where he's healthy, he's performing at the level that everyone thought he could when he first came into Kansas City. And, of course, COVID didn't help him out because he was playing well right up until that COVID point. But Alan Polito playing at a a very high level and scoring goals the way he is six in his last four that's the way that Sporting Kansas City can continue to climb their way back. Because early in the season, it was a struggle to score goals. And, of course, it came from players, you know, all kinds of different players. But now it feels like Sporting have that number nine that they can completely rely on. And like you guys said, it's perform- your players you're paying the most performing well is such an important thing in Major League Soccer. And the fact that Alan Polito is doing that just continues to... I guess, further that idea that Sporting Kansas City made the right decision because for a long time, I think fans were thinking this Alan Polito signing was not necessarily a waste, but it just was a a struggle and something this team maybe made or didn't make a mistake, but got unlucky on. And he he has absolutely nixed that idea and shown that he can perform at this high level. Yeah, and taking up a a DP spot and not having that player available is going to hurt any team, as Daniel Shalloway pointed out, as Sporting has played without their DPs the last couple seasons for many more games than uh, they would have liked. But something that you said there, Blake, it segues perfectly into kind of moving the conversation towards Kai Kamara because manager Peter Vermees said today that one of the best things and maybe the most underrated thing about Kai Kamara's career is just how available 
he has always been able to be for the teams he's played for. He's got six goal contributions for the Chicago Fire in the regular season this year, five goals, one assist. Nate, you were able to cover him with sporting, yep. correct? Yeah. Yep. So in your experience, like what what kind of player I, I never got a chance to cover Kai while he was here. So I'm just curious from your perspective what um what makes him so special as we watch, you know, a player who's 38 years old still yeah. dominating the league, even when people uh, have maybe expected him to, to start to see a downturn. Yeah, so I was a season ticket holder when he was playing here, so I really watched him. But, you know, obviously working in the media at the time, I would get the chance to interview him every once in a while and things like that. But um, um, it's funny, the first year that I did play-by-play for Sporting Kansas City, he was playing with the Columbus crew, and he had the broadcaster. He and Kristen, his wife, had the broadcasters over in and cooked burgers for us at, at his place. That's kind of the guy that, you know, he's just a very likable, easy to be around fun guy. Now that might make you say, well, why has he been on 11 different teams? You know, and I think there's a lot of different, you, you can talk to a lot of different people that'll tell you a lot of different stories about that. Um, but in terms of what makes him so special as a player, I mean, I just want just to put into perspective some of these things. Um, he, he's, he's obviously, we know he's one goal away from tying Landon Donovan Crazy. For, for most goals, second most goals in the history of this league. There have only been 11 players reach 100 goals, you know, in the history of this league, 11. And he's one of them, and he's obviously, he's getting close to 150 now. Um, he, you asked what makes him special. Well, he plays games. You know, he's out there on the field. He, he, is, he is available, and he still looks good. But, but going back to the beginning of his career, I think what you've seen, and, and this has to happen, if a player is going to play in any professional sport for over a decade, that player is going to have to evolve, right? Whether it's a starting pitcher in baseball that, 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 that starts his career throwing 100 miles an hour, as he gets older and he doesn't have that same fastball, he's got to start to learn how to, to be a little bit more crafty, right? When Kai Kamara was in Kansas City, he was an athlete who could play some soccer, right? He was a good soccer player, but he was an athlete. The way those Sporting Kansas City teams beat you was they overwhelmed you with these big, strong, fast, uh, you know, front line of, of Kai Kamara, Teal Bumbery, CJ Sapong, and they just smothered you, and then boom, boom, quick goal, right? Um, they, they got criticized by, by RSL because Real Salt Lake didn't think they played as pretty of a game as soccer. They averaged more passes per goal, and we're all rolling our eyes now, but you know what? Sporting as a team have evolved that way right they're more of a possession based team now that plays play that, that knocks the ball around a little bit better and all those things but that was how they played and he was perfect for that that system that's not the Kai Kamara that you see at 38 years old obviously he's still a, a solid athlete but he's not going to overwhelm people with as his athleticism at 38 years old the goal that he just scored against Portland those are the types of goals you didn't see as many of those back in the day He's turned himself into a number nine. He played out on the wing more for Sporting Kansas City than he did up top. But he's like those deft little finishes that you see from a guy like Alan Polito on one touch, one opportunity, and boom, it's into the back of the net. He really has grown as that type of a player for for Chicago. So it's been really cool to see his evolution as a player through all this time and and still be able to get out there and and do things. It's pretty cool. And surely going to be – Exciting homecoming, bittersweet homecoming for him as well. I, you imagine? know, I th- I think it probably all depends on the result, right? Yeah. Like I, I was I was wondering, um, and I'm I'm hoping to get the chance to talk to Kai before the game. Um, 
I know we've put in a request for Apple TV to see if we can do a pregame interview with him. Um, and and I, 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 will he if he scores? Will mm-hmm. he celebrate? Yeah. Um, Kai's celebrations are usually very, uh, very memorable. Um, he always does the heart-shaped hands. I can see him doing mm-hmm. that to the to the fans here. But also, will the fans? How will they react to his if he scores and makes history? How will they react to that moment? That I mean, if Sporting's up three nothing and he scores, I could see the fans giving him a big round of applause, like, "Hey, this yeah. is great!" If he scores one that puts Chicago in front, I don't think anybody in Children's Mercy Park is going to be real no. happy for him, you know. No. So I think that some of that could to depend on the context of the game. And I don't know about you, but as a play-by-play announcer, I think that's one of the really fun things is we don't know if that moment's going to come. What's the context of the game mm-hmm. going to be? How's it going to happen? That stuff all happens in a blink of an eye, and then we get to decide what we want to say about it. Yeah. And hopefully you find the right words for, for a moment like that. Um, but I do think uh, – I think for him, look, he's been back here. He's been with a lot of teams since then. Well, I was just going to say, yeah. you know, when you've played for so many different yeah. teams, like you can't mute your but, goal celebrations. At, yeah. You know, and, 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 I, I think, and But his, his experience in Kansas City definitely – Compared to all of his other stops, you know, this would, I would imagine, rank as a higher, uh, you know, just in terms of... Four years here. Four years. The time played here, the success had here, all those things. Yeah, they they won trophies while he was here. He was gone when MLS Cup was won here. Mm -hmm. He was was at Norwich, but he was a part of the, um, you know, a couple of those uh, Open Cup wins and just winning soccer just being on yeah. a really good team that that really transformed soccer in this town met his wife here mm-hmm. and and that's where like because when when Brad Martell our producer and I were kind of pitching this to Apple like don't you want an interview with Kai Kamara before this game because I think it's easy when you're on the outside to look at it and go, oh, he's playing against one of his former teams. Well, who hasn't he played for? You know, big deal. But I think that people in Kansas City know this. I think that the Kamara family would agree with this. Yeah. There is something – I'm sure there's something special about every place they've been. But Kansas City really is where his career got jump-started to. Which I think is important, too, for the for fans who are maybe a bit more on the leaning neutral side watching this game that don't necessarily know – what his ties to Kansas City. All they know is that, oh, Kai Kamara, 38 years old, has played at all these different teams, has a chance to make history. But, no, I think it's a it's a good story to tell. So we look forward to, uh, one, yeah. telling it on the radio side of our broadcast on uh, Saturday night and then hearing you guys. It's going to be so – I'm so excited, <laughs> but it's so weird to think that, like, yeah. me and Jacob are, you know – on the radio side, but then you and Brad still get to be together. So our crew is just kind and of And our split. producer, Todd Kinsey. Oh, Todd will be on the game, yeah, too? Okay, yeah. even better. And, so. and by the way, uh, Kristen, Kai's wife, Kristen, and the kids will be here. Oh, that's great. At Children's Mercy Park. So we're going to try to find them in the stands and make sure that, uh, you know, we get some shots of them. And, and uh, we'll see. I mean, And the funny thing is, though, because I was – they had us prepared when I did that game seven games ago against St. Louis. Yeah. Hey, you know, if he scores a couple goals, he's going to tie Landon Donovan. He didn't score that day, hadn't scored since until Wednesday. But you know how it goes. Some, he he yeah. can score two. I mean, I mean, you just have to be ready. That is the fun thing, though, know? about yeah. preparing for games and different yeah. like milestones. And, Blake, you've been helping with this because you're, you know, there with me making sure that we've got, hey, what are the trends happening? What are, what are milestones that could be broken? But just never knowing necessarily mm-hmm. when that time could come. So, you know, again, the context of the game will depend a lot uh, or will, I think, say a lot about how fans will respond in Children's Mercy Park. But when you look at the last two matchups between Sporting and Chicago going back to 2021, the last time the Fire played at Children's Mercy Park, SKC got a 2-0 win. Um, 
Jose Mowry and Johnny Russell, the goal scorers, early on in that one, uh, nil-nil the rest of the way, but 2-0 win for SKC. And then the last game back in 2022, Sporting put out a, a different formation and had a lot of players out of the lineup and lost 3-1 on the road at uh, Soldier Field. So recent results, but um, you know, I, I think this time around, Sporting at least a much healthier team that is going to be able to put out a, a more first-choice lineup uh, compared to the last time that they played the Fire. So... I think you're, you guys, you know, the point Blake made, uh, Alan Polito, you know, the thing that has been impressive and, and what Daniel said, it's not just that he's available to play. Sporting has had a gauntlet of games. Most teams mm-hmm. did. I think mean, seven games in the month of May. And, and a lot of teams have had kind of a light June, but this is already going to be the fifth game, I believe, in June for Sporting Kansas City. So, and he's been available like short weeks, back to back, all yeah. that stuff. Because they don't. Which I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting yeah. necessarily. I, yeah. I thought that there was going to be, out of necessity, more management. So again, just a credit to Polito. We heard so much about how focused and dedicated he was to his rehab and getting mm-hmm. back to, on the field. But it, it's one thing to get back on the field, and it's another thing to just stay there. Well, and and when the team needs it, because yeah. if Willie Agata isn't hurt. You have more flexibility. Mm-hmm. Maybe you play Willie 60 minutes in a game and, and let Polito come in for 30. But with Agata out, I think he sees, like, this team needs me right now, and so far he's been answering the bell. But players getting healthier. Blake Peter gave us an update today on Willie Agata a little bit, too, said that he's uh, going to be coming back and will likely be, be jogging here soon around the field. So going to be really good, I think, as the, the hot summer months wear on. Mm-hmm. You had leagues cup in a break from the regular season, but for sporting just to keep building that depth going to be important. Yeah. And let's not forget Willie. Agata last season when he first came to sporting Kansas city, the kind of form he was in somewhat similar to this form. I mean, maybe not to the quite to the extent that Alan Polito is performing at, but I mean, he was electric. And like you said, Nate with Willie or with uh, Alan Polito, when he is out or if he's playing and Willie Agata's out, it's, it's kind of the flip last season where Polito was out and Agata had to step up, but it feels like that next step down, it's just sporting can't really find the right person to put at the nine. So if sporting Kansas city can find a time when both of them are healthy, if that's late this season, it's probably more likely to be next season. That's when you're talking about a sporting Kansas city team that can really be dangerous. Cause you've got guys who can maybe take a little bit of a rest. Alan Polito doesn't have to play. He's been playing 90 minutes in all these games. Like you guys said, surprised that he's been able to play. He's been playing nineties in all of these, except for the games where sporting Kansas city gave themselves enough of a lead that they could have him, you know, come out for 20 minutes or so and give him at least a little bit of a rest. But yeah, I mean, this is this is a position where Sporting Kansas City have been able to put together results, even with guys injured. I mean, of course, it has been players maybe that would come off the bench, but those kind of things are just so important in a season that is as strenuous as this has been. Yeah, well, I'm excited to see Willie Agata in this current Sporting Kansas City mm-hmm. group and the iteration that we've seen in recent weeks with the higher quality chances that we've seen them create because – Something tells me that Willie Agata has got a lot more goals if he's been available oh, yeah. uh, in the last few weeks compared to the start of the season. A uh, uh, big turnaround for SKC, and they look to get back to their winning ways Saturday night against the Chicago Fire. We are just getting started here on the Sporting Kansas City Show. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear from manager Peter Vermees, uh, midfielder Eric Tommy, and also player of the match day again, Alan Polito, in his postgame press conference on Wednesday night. That's all coming up next here on the Sporting Kansas City Show. You're listening to the Sporting and welcome KC back to the Sporting Show Kansas on Sports City Radio Show. Now going to catch up WHB. on some of the post-game and 
presser sound that you might have missed uh, leading up to this match on Saturday night against the Chicago Fire. But first, let's rewind to Wednesday night, Sporting Kansas City, 2-2 draw on the road against the LA Galaxy. Alan Polito uh, was the band for SKC in that game, a brace to help Sporting get the hard-earned point on the road. And, of course, he's been in excellent form. That game, just another example, earned him player of the match day. Um, but six goals in the last four games for Alan Polito. Here's what he had to say after the match about the recent run of form that he has been in. It's good. I, I feel I feel the very good sensation, but I say all the time, if, if the team don't win, uh, okay, today is, is, is good. It's important goal because we, we, we tie no? and, and we don't lose. Uh, so one point is better to, to lose. So, but we don't feel like very happy sensation because I think that we know and we can we can win this match, but it's okay. Uh, of course, for me it's good. Uh, it's, it's motivation, uh, but but it's better when when the team win. Is win. Gotta love that line. But it's better when the team wins. We'll be looking for that on Saturday night. Such a team guy, Alan Polito is. Absolutely, he has been so huge for this team as of late. It, I mean, since coming back, he's been huge. But as of late, I mean, the biggest team player. Yeah, just doesn't feel like he's gonna stop scoring goals anytime soon and uh, speaking of Alan Polito and and scoring goals we had a chance to talk with Eric Tommy uh, who's been setting up some of those goals as well here's what he he had to say about his relationship with Polito and what he has meant to the team I think Alan scored a lot of goals especially in the last few games after a long injury excellent for us I mean he's really important um, so we have to keep um, giving him the ball make assists for him um, feeding him you know um, so that he keeps scoring and um, but there are a lot of players around who are uh, really important for us uh, when I see Rado um, he's play, he's doing a good job on the number six and um, all these guys around so everyone is important even the sub players and um, we have to we have to be prepared uh, to help Ellen but uh, to bring our uh, performance uh, on the pitch how would you describe your relationship with him a uh, really good uh, sometimes it's like a feeling I think if you see the last goal um, he steps out and he steps in and sometimes you smell it and he, he's a really good player in the box so um, it's a good relationship we have to keep going and uh, I said it before I have to help him to score more goals you always love to hear when there's just like a feeling between two players that's just something that no matter what else happens you just know that they're on the same page and they're just in sync that's always it's hard to find that at times and it's in when you when you're in that moment it's feels really freaking good. <laughs> yeah, Sporting have had some good connections over the years, but this uh, Eric Tommy, Alan Polito, it's been really fun yeah, to watch. Yeah, fun to watch and I know the two get along off the field as well, but they're going to have a tough task supporting Kansas City with the Chicago Fire coming to town and the return of Kai Kamara uh, to his uh, former team, the place that he played for four years of his career at Children's Mercy Park, and he's been everything for the Chicago Fire uh, in 2023. Six goal contributions. He leads the team in goals and uh, has a chance to make some history. So uh, going to be an interesting one to see uh, how that plays out on Saturday night. But this week, manager Peter Vermees was asked about Kai Kamara and just what has allowed him to still have so much success at 38 years old in his career. Kai has uh, found a way to be effective wherever he goes over all the years. Um, I think his his move from Houston to us, I think, was an important move for his his career. But I think he is a player that kind of kept taking steps 
you know, up the ladder as, as he moved on uh, with the different places that he's gone to. And I and outside of the goal scoring, there's something I say all the time that a lot of people don't give him credit for, and that is he is always available for selection. He's always healthy. He's always prepared, ready to play, which is an uh, incredible asset. All right, so there is Peter Vermees. And as we wrap up this segment of uh, all the sound that you need to know, got to end on uh, a fun note here because – a couple of uh, weeks ago, Father's Day, that was just the other weekend. I don't know. This month has been flying by, but really cute stuff. Sporting Kansas City put out a video um, of some of the players' kids answering questions about their dads. And uh, Andrea Fontas, his two young girls, were featured in the video. And so we had to ask Fonti about uh, the Father's Day video that he and some of the other guys were gifted. Here's what Fonti had to say about that video. No, 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 no. It was a surprise for us, too. Oh, my God. They are, they are amazing. They are amazing. Uh, what what can I say about my girls and, and my teammates, kids too? They are all great and, and we love them obviously. And it was a, a nice surprise and a nice video, funny and and it was amazing. Did you have a favorite part? Uh, the 20 pounds part, I think. <laughs> 20 pounds, I said, yeah, 20 pounds, more or less. I think she missed just a zero or something, but but yeah. No, I mean, close. everything. Exactly, close, close. No, good. Everything was, was, was nice. Just absolutely love that from Andre Fantas. So sweet. Always love seeing him with his girls on the field after games. And uh, really nice gesture from Sporting Kansas City there to put together that video and to uh, all the moms helping uh, make sure the kids sat still for, uh, for that one. So really cute stuff stuff and uh yeah we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we will preview this match between sporting kansas city and the chicago fire plus get some thoughts on the u.s men's national team they just won nations league greg berhalter's back as manager gold cup coming up lots to talk about with the u.s mnt so that's all coming up on the other side of the break here on the sporting kansas city show you're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we're back to wrap things up on this week's edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show. SKC welcoming the Chicago Fire to town tomorrow night, Saturday, or tonight, if you're uh, listening to this via podcast on the day of the game. Kickoff is at uh, 7.30 p.m. You can watch the game on Apple TV's MLS Season Pass for free. And Nate Katie will be on the call. Um, and then, of course, if you, uh, you know, want to maybe toggle back and forth, Jacob Peterson and I will have the local radio call. So uh, you don't need to tell us. Just yep. pick whichever call that you want to listen to. You can't make a bad choice. You can't make right? a bad choice. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But, guys, how cute uh, at the end of that last segment hearing uh, Andre Ufantas talk about uh, his kids' comments in that little Father's Day video that Sporting put together. I love that kind of content is like what I live for. Like, give me more of the players' kids mm-hmm. answering funny questions about uh, their parent. But uh, the fact that <laughs> uh, Tim Mealy's kids being asked, what position does your dad play? Soccer. <laughs> soccer ball. I love the fact, too, that Johnny Russell's daughter is adamant that it is called soccer. Uh, and little know, Julius who said She's football. got a little bit of a Scottish accent herself, you know. She does. And she still is calling it soccer. So, you know, hey, she's adapting. I appreciate she it. She is. And uh, very well-spoken <laughs> six-year-old. Oh, I'll gosh. give her that much Great. Just a cute video. Did you have a good Father's Day, Nate? It was it was a good Father's Day. My older kids are getting to the age where they don't really want to spend any time around me at all. So um, I spent Father's Day with my dad instead, trying to pay back, you know, whenever I probably was like that when I was a, a, a middle school kid. Um, and my three-year-old still likes to spend time around me. So he uh, he and I had some fun together on Father's Day. It was good. It was it was a good day and. Um, that video was was probably the best thing I saw that whole day, though. It just uh, 
got, made you laugh and it made you cry a little bit. It was wonderful. It was it was very very cute. And uh, I just got to say too, a couple weeks ago, Nate had some of the uh, broadcasters out for a little barbecue, yeah. and they got to try the famous Nate Bucati smoked uh, ribs. Fantastic. They were good? Ten out of good. ten. Okay, I hope um, so. I've I've now been inspired. I think a smoker's gonna be on yeah. the on the short list of, of purchases coming up in the near future in the Martin household, uh, at the very least. So I'm collecting memories during this this whole who knows how long hopefully I get to do this for a long time, but I'm kind of approaching it like you know, I'm just going to enjoy every minute that I get to do this. And part of it is uh, when I go on the road meeting the other broadcasters. And um, now I can say that on my little painted field in my backyard that I have had the likes of Ali Trost Martin, um, Stu Holden, uh, and Jamie Watson, and Chris Whittingham, and John Strong, and Brad Mertel have played soccer on my pitch in the backyard. So... Uh, and you've signed the bourbon barrel and now that's back there, too. Very important. So, like, that's, like, I'm collecting, you know, those are memories that uh, that I cherish. So that was really fun having you guys over. It was, uh, it was a great time. But uh, we talked a lot about the Chicago team at the start of the show. But um, I, I just want to kind of focus a little bit on this matchup in particular. And I also want to talk a little bit of uh, Nations League as well for the U.S. men's national team. Because it, what's gotten lost maybe in all of the... Uh, the, the chaos of, of a congested schedule for Sporting Kansas City, the U.S. men's national team, uh, with a, a big win uh, last week. So we'll focus on the matchup first, and then I just want to get you guys' thoughts on the state of the U.S. men's national team. Greg Berhalter coming back as the manager, so a lot of news uh, on that side as well. But looking at this Sporting Kansas City and Chicago team and talking with players out on the field today and with manager Peter Vermees, a lot of the focus is about how Sporting can go out and, and give back to the way that they were playing and, and maybe minimize some of the mistakes Stakes that have hurt him in the last couple of games, but Nate, I'll start with you. When you look at how the Chicago team has been in a bit of bad form, but get a big win on on Wednesday night, uh, short rest though, can that really propel them uh, past a Sporting Kansas City team that, outside of a, a tough loss against LAFC last weekend, has been excellent at Children's Mercy Park? Yeah, I mean, I think we I think we can see the last couple of games for Sporting that it, it doesn't really matter. And if you don't know this in Major League Soccer by now, then uh, then you're not paying close enough attention. It doesn't really matter what kind of form your team has been in coming into a game. It doesn't matter sometimes, uh, you know, who's available and who's not. Um, there are good players in this league, and there are good teams that will be out there fighting. And so if you're not ready to play or if you make some mistakes, uh, you'll be punished for it in this league. And so you can't take the Chicago team lightly whatsoever. Uh, that being said, I think that more of the – factors that determine typically who wins a, a game are in the favor of sporting Kansas City right now being at home is obviously a big one both teams played midweek and had to travel here but one team got to travel and stay in their own places while uh, Chicago got in at 9:30 on Thursday night they're having a light workout on Friday and then they've got to determine who's available to play and who's not um, for this game so but um I think when you look at the game itself, I've mentioned Brian Gutierrez. I think there are some players in the middle of the field for Chicago that work incredibly hard, that make things difficult on you. They, I believe, will will concede a lot of the possession to Sporting Kansas City. They'll try to manipulate where they allow Sporting to have the ball and try to keep it out of those dangerous areas. And they'll look to hit them on the counterattack. And if you're a Sporting fan, you go, okay, well, 
what else is new? That's what a lot of teams do when they come to Children's mm-hmm. Mercy Park. But uh, but we've seen that some teams can do that with success as well. So uh, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a compelling game and a good game. Well, and Blake Sporting will be missing a key defensive player in Danny Rosero, who's going to be out due to a yellow card accumulation. We've seen so many different which back what lines. the heck on that, <laughs> that yellow card? Was, I'm sorry. I and look, I I try not to you know criticize or be too eh, whatever about certain calls that are made but watching the play, that play backwards it's hard to tell number one if there's even contact and if there is the amount of space between um it was what it was preston judd right yes or uh boy yeah. yeah preston judd and, and danny rosero you could have built a fence between the two of them there was so much space so i just um yeah that was for him to now be suspended in this game very difficult, but you would imagine that Robert Castellanos would slot in. And the last time he played, um, you know, he's had a good game at Children's Mercy Park not too long ago in that 4-1 win over Austin, yeah, both defensively and offensively. You've talked about it numerous times on the broadcast, how much, how many changes have happened in this back line for Sporting Kansas City, and as of late, they've responded pretty well with that. I mean, it's just going to continue here, but, I mean, Rosero is the kind of player who especially aerial, aerial aerially has been very <laughs> very good for sporting and you know even going forward he had a goal in off of a corner kick i think it was where mm-hmm. he i mean that's where he excels for sure and he also i mean winning the ball has been fantastic for skc so you know castellanos fits right back in and, and that's not a huge you know downgrade there at all it's it's just another uh, you know rotation player that they can fit right into that spot but yeah, Sporting Kansas City defensively have not had a whole lot of stability, not necessarily on the field, but in terms of who's playing and when they're playing because they've had players that maybe can't go full 90s. They've had mm-hmm. players that have had to miss games for different reasons. I mean, it's just continuing that, but it's been a big testament to how Peter Vermees has managed this back line. Yeah, but one, I guess, cause for concern is just when we look at these last two games and some of the goals that they have conceded and the way in which those goals have, have happened. Number one, you know, going back to Wednesday night, you've got a set piece goal where open player back post Caceres just able to get a free header essentially into the back of the net. And then, I mean, the second goal for, for LA to Preston Judd with the header. I mean, that's just Ricky Pooch doing Ricky Pooch things and, and making some magic happen, which is really difficult. But you know, that was a, a focal point today in, in talking with some of the guys and Andre Fontas in particular just about, hey, where the team needs to be better. You've now got a couple of goals that have been given up this last week to two L.A. teams that have come off of, you know, balls over the top that just land and, and kind of catch the, the, the defense out of position a little bit. And so some of that just positional integrity, um, you know, certainly a focus. But when we talk about it, a player like Kai Kamara who has been able to evolve into one of those kind of poachers around goal and a number nine who can who can just put balls in the back of the net. You don't want to give players like that those kind of opportunities, and, and he's one, Nate, that could certainly punish sporting if they find themselves in similar positions as they have the last couple of games, which we hadn't seen uh, mm-hmm. in, in a few weeks for sporting, giving some of those chances away. I'll, I'll be stunned. If, if Kai Kamara starts and plays the majority of minutes in this game, I'll be stunned if he doesn't get a chance or two in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the way the game works. You know, every once in a while, sporting are going to turn the ball over in the middle of the field. They've got to limit those, but it, it, it just, it, teams don't typically play mistake-free games, so and and, and you talked about Ricky Pooch. Uh, I'll mention Gutierrez again. I'm not putting him on Pooch's level yet, but he is getting better and better with uh, finding those moments to to make the pass that leads to the goal, like we saw in the game mm-hmm. against Portland. So they're going to have to be aware of him. They're going to have to be aware of Kai. Uh, and, and they're going to get some chances to have to make a save or two. I mean, that's the way the game goes uh, at this level when there's good players on both sides of the field. 
All right. I, wanna... I have some USA rants for you that I'm oh, let's, saving let's up, by unleash. the way. So if you want me to get going, oh, um, I'm ready for Nate, you. By all means. Well, I've been biting my Twitter tongue uh, because of all of the nonsense I've seen around and U.S. There's soccer been, lately. So. Uh, there's been a lot of it. Mm-hmm. To, uh, to Let's just put mm-hmm. it that way. But the United States Men's National Team, CONCACAF Nations League, uh, they defeat Mexico. Trace Cicero, baby. That was a yep. uh, wild game, though. A very heated matchup there on the mm-hmm. field. But the United States come out uh, on top. Red cards handed out to both sides in that one. Uh, hello, uh, Florian Balligan, and welcome to uh, the United States. I think that was a little baptism by fire for <laughs> for <laughs> him in his first ever match. But uh, then the U.S. go on to defeat Canada 2-0 in the final, uh, so defeating two opponents in that in that competition by a, a combined scoreline of five to nil and oh oh by the way uh while this this competition is taking place it's also been announced that greg berhalter will return as the head coach that news breaking just moments before uh the usa mexico game so that's kind of the latest the the short very short recap version of of what took place last week but nate let's uh open the can here what uh what are your thoughts because it has been a very as it always is uh contentious toxic. toxic place on social media i would gather that most u.s national team diehards are not too happy with greg berhalter's return yeah that certainly seems to be the case at least by the people that have access to keyboards and twitter <laughs> um and i don't get on I, I maybe i you know i have enough with twitter to i don't get on any of the reddit pages or any of that stuff i'm sure it's even worse i don't know but this is the rant um i sent out a tweet when the news came out, I hated the fact that the news came out during that match against Mexico because yep. it took so much away from what was just a wonderful performance by United States men's national team that should be celebrated. Anytime you beat your rival like that, um, you, it should absolutely be celebrated and deserved its coverage, but it was overshadowed by the news, and I hated that. Uh, but I did take to Twitter to to respond to one person who used to be in sports media anyway that, that was just trashing it. Uh, only the United States could take this golden generation and throw it away by, you know, sticking with this manager and all this stuff. And, and I just kind of responded with a, well, the best players on the team seem to really like this guy and endorse him strongly, not just minorly, but strongly. And if he's good enough for this golden generation that we all love so much, why isn't he good enough for us? Well, of course, <laughs> anonymous soccer Twitter, U.S. soccer Twitter, you know, re- got a hold of mine and probably posted it somewhere or something because the next day I woke up to my phone with mention after mention after mention from these, you know, U.S. soccer fans. And I'm almost using air quotes because really, like, are you really – I don't know. I, if you just hate everything about American soccer, then are you really a fan? I, I, I mean um, – and and here's the part. This is the rant, though. One of the comments really did bother me, and I'm not going to respond to him. You know, I'm just not going to go there on Twitter because it's a fruitless endeavor. But it was basically the, the thing that got all the comments started was, oh, what do you know? Another stooge for Major League Soccer who's defending the decisions by U.S. Soccer, which is run by Major League Soccer, which, of course, is so basically I work for Apple TV and, and Fox and MLS now. So the reason that I'm supporting this Burhalter hire is because I'm a stooge for Major League Soccer. And so uh, to the person who tweeted that and probably isn't listening to this, mm-hmm. I thought about this a lot. Yes, I love MLS. I love this league. I do. 
I'm old enough to remember, and I'm guessing most of the people who are firing those kind of tweets out are not, when this league was formed. I was a sophomore in college. I, people ask me a lot of times, did you dream of being a soccer commentator growing up? And I laugh and say, no. I wanted to be a play-by-play announcer. You couldn't dream of being a soccer commentator when I was growing up because there was no major outdoor professional soccer league in this country. Okay, it wasn't a real thing. Mm-hmm. All right, this league, this this country is beating Mexico, tres a zero. All right, and and is is so much. For, Lionel Messi is coming to play in this country. I know Pele played, you know, yep. but but. Beckham has played here. Henri has played here. Messi has played here. Young players who are going over to play in big leagues that are now playing on this national team came up through these academy systems. This facility that we're sitting in here right now, it would all have been an absolute joke to even pretend to tell somebody that this landscape from soccer would exist when I was a sophomore in college, if not for Major League Soccer. Mm -hmm. So, yes... I love this league. I think this league has done more than anybody could have ever imagined to advance the cause of soccer in this country right now. And I don't think just because you come from Major League Soccer as a player, coach, broadcaster, trainer, that you are somehow in, in, inferior to the rest of global soccer. I know what the and best. And don't you think that U.S. I, fans should be celebrating that? Yes. Since this and, is and, our domestic league. Yeah, and, and oh, or, or you should just think, no, we're just a bunch of dopes here that don't know any tactics. Oh, he got beat tactically by, by the Netherlands, and therefore he's an idiot and, and he's just a mediocre coach. And I, I am so tired of that. And I am also, just to take another step. I've had I've had a little bit uh, of enough of people taking paychecks in this league and then trashing it. You know, it was good enough for you to take a paycheck here, right? But then you're going to turn around and act like the league's a joke. And I am talking about the Gareth Bale thing. I, I don't, I, you know, his comments about how it's just everybody's just so chill about losing here because they don't have promotion and relegation. And seeing the way that that same base of U.S. soccer, uh, you know, anonymous accounts want to jump on it and and talk about how, yeah, this league's irrelevant. This league doesn't matter because there's no threat of relegation. Real Madrid's worried about relegation. That's what motivates the folks at Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Manchester City. They're trying to avoid relegation. Are we serious about this? You can have the comment, you have the debates you want about whether or not pro real needs to exist in this country. I, I, I'm fine. I, whatever. And have, I and I can I I truly yeah. do see both sides. Sure, sure, fine. Fine. But to sit here and act like everybody's just okay with losing in this country because there's no threat of relegation or, or that the trophies don't mean anything mm-hmm. to anybody. I was here in 2013 when Sporting Kansas City won MLS Cup. Seemed like a big deal to the fans here to me. Now, here's the thing. Is soccer, does it does it take the passion of this entire country the way that it does in, in Italy or Spain? Of course not. We're not there right mm-hmm. now. And maybe we'll never be there because this country has so many other amazing sports that we all love as well that our attention's divided. Maybe it's never going to be so obsessively driven like it is in other countries. But to sit there and say that it's because Real Madrid plays in a league with Pro-Rel, get out of here. Yeah. They, they don't have to deal with the same type of competitive restraints that all the teams in Major League Soccer do, where everybody's battling against each other. Every single team on your schedule could beat you because they're playing under the same economic form 
formula that you are. Real Madrid's playing in a completely different universe than 70% of their league. Yeah. And, and, and it's that, that just, that frosts me. That makes me so mad. And I saw a tweet yesterday that I just had to poke fun of that was, you know, this, you know, the, 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 this league in, in the United States, it doesn't get the TV viewership. And it's just because people are just wanting to watch soccer because the results don't mean anything because you can't get relegated. Are you kidding me? Are, are you? I mean, like, do you really think? Now, I, I will say, just to play devil's advocate, it is a long year with a lot of games, and, and as we've seen time and time again in Major League Soccer, you can lay an egg for the better part of, of the, you know the first half of the season, and then sneak your way into the playoffs with the way the format mm-hmm. exists. So, you know, wh- where is the? Ki- wh- how do you compel people to watch? those early sure. games if that's something that they're used to sure. but i would also say too that and sporting kansas city has been a team that's always aspired to be and has gone for it every single game like they want to win so mm-hmm. it gives fans it but to, to try and bring it all back to to u.s soccer Sorry. here but I, no I no no, no but i just was i've been biting my tongue on twitter i'm like i'm not going to tweet this but i'm going to say it, somewhere <laughs> no it, it definitely i i saw all of the the commentary around it, but you know, as it relates to U.S. soccer, I think if you are a fan of the U.S. men's national team and in U.S. soccer, you want to see MLS continue to grow and improve because, yes, while a lot of the best players on the U.S. men's national team right now who came up through the academy systems here in Major League Soccer and the, with the affiliated, you know, clubs affiliated, they may not all be playing in Major League Soccer right now, but I, I don't think that. It'll, it's too far off to think that in, you know, five, eight, ten years' time, we're going to maybe start seeing a closer split of players who are playing overseas in Europe and players who are playing in Major League Soccer. And maybe not five years. That's a little unrealistic, perhaps. But I think this league is only going to become more and more competitive to where this is an ideal spot for an, a, a U.S. men's national team player to grow. Where do, the, where do the majority of Brazilian players play professionally, the, the guys that are on the national team or the Argentinian players? Has Lionel Messi been playing in Argentina for the past 15 years? Does anybody care? It's, you know, it's, it's, but most of those players were developed in their home countries and Mm -hmm. then took the next step when they went to play at top leagues, you know, and, and. But don't um, you think that MLS could in maybe 10 years time? It, 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 oh, oh, I, yes. And I also think more important to me than even like how many guys that are currently on the national team are currently playing in your league is how many of them came through your league yeah, or how many of them have come back to your league mm-hmm. or how many of the guys that played for the national team are now playing in your league. And I think those types of things. And, and, and I, I do think it, I'm not going to sit here and try to argue that major league soccer would go toe to toe with the English premier league. No. Okay. But I will tell you this. It's a lot better than a lot of the leagues in Europe, most of the leagues in Europe. The quality is better in Major League Soccer, and it's getting better it, and better. Exactly. And so, and, and you hear the players who come over from Europe saying that exact thing. Johnny Russell has been adamant uh, from 2018 when he played his first season here to now, the improved quality and competition that he's seen from year to year. And the ambition of this league to yeah. continue to try to push the envelope and grow and grow its audience and grow its fan base and grow its its talent levels and the investment in the academy systems, which I do think is overdue, um, I just I feel like we ought to have to me like one of the things that has made America such a such a wonderful place is this spirit of we can do things and optimism and brash uh, confidence, you know, yet somehow 
our, our, our little soccer community has decided that we suck at, 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 at soccer. And I, I don't get that. How you talk about yourself matters. And yeah, I do think that yeah, I don't get kind that. of wearing that, it, it's it's holding on to an old identity that no longer yeah. exists. And I, like I said, I'm not anti, I don't, I don't know how I feel about pro-rel. I have mixed emotions about it, and the debate is fine. But the idea that somehow if we just instituted relegation to professional soccer yeah. in America, all of a sudden, you know, we'll just, we'll be on par with, uh, with La Liga. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a and honestly, anyway, I, I like watching a league where I don't know the outcome of the games before they start. Yeah, and most of the team, most of the leagues in Europe, we know who's going to win the yeah. league before they, the season starts, and we know who's going to win teams. almost every game. Yeah, yeah. And, and even the teams that get close, they never end up getting the job done. So yeah. it's just there's my rant. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, we've got to wrap up here soon, but Blake, just I want to get a quick thought from you on. The state of the U.S. men's national team, you can go whatever direction you want. Hire, bringing, I, for one, am very on board with the hiring of Greg Berhalter for the reason that you said. I think if some of your top players on that team who have been with the group and are leaders in their respective roles are on board, then to me that's a good thing. And I think the, the Gio Reyna situation, you can figure that out. It sounds like Greg Berhalter is willing to to find a path forward and, and see this relationship as, you know, taking the, the emotional stuff out of it and just like, hey, this is a talented young player on my team that I am in charge of coaching, and that's going to be our relationship moving forward. So to me, that is uh, – I'm not worried one bit about that. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things, Nate, like you talked about with those, you know, air quotes fans on Twitter is I think they're extremely arrogant in the fact that they're like, go after Pep Guardiola, go after Jose Mourinho. It's like, of course, the U.S. should be going after whoever they think is the best manager, but it's like, Greg Berhalter has done a good job with this team to this point and the players like him. Why are we mad about that? Like, what is, what is the problem with that? And I mean, that aside, the one thing that I think is extremely positive about this team is it's a bunch of dogs. I mean, these guys, like, they have got so West much fight. Absolutely. The jersey. I mean, that's that's going to go down as one of those photos that's iconic in yeah. U.S. men's national team history, especially in that rivalry against Mexico. But, I mean, this team is just has so much fight in them, and I think that's something that you really can't teach. It just has to be something that they have. And all these guys, they feel like they've got a chip on their shoulder. You know, they feel like they have something to prove. And for a generation that's got so much weight on their shoulders and so much expectation with, you know, the 2026 World Cup, they've got the, they've got Copa America they're going to be playing in here in the U.S. They've got the World Cup they're going to be playing here in the U.S. They have a lot of eyes on them. They've got a lot of, you know, weight on their shoulders to be that quote-unquote golden generation because it is – a huge time in American soccer. This could kind of shape the way that we're going to see this, you know, see MLS grow and the way we're going to see soccer in America grow. And they're fun to watch. And, and they're, they don't seem to be phased by the fact that they are the quote-unquote quote golden generation. Well, and we'll get to see what some of those uh, maybe further down the uh, the roster or, or priority list players look like in the Gold Cup coming up uh, this next week as well. So going to kind of get a, a better picture of where this U.S. men's national team is, not just uh, with the, the starters, the, the go-to guys, the, the first team, if you will, but, you know, as a whole, kind of what are we looking at right now with this group? And uh, very exciting stuff for sure, but uh, all eyes on 2026. So that is, that is the goal, and that is really all that matters at this point with the World Cup coming here uh, to North America. But that'll do it for us 
on this week's edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show. For Blake Arney, Nate Bucati, I'm Allie Trostmartin. We will see you tomorrow night, Sporting Kansas City, taking on the Chicago Fire, 7.30 p.m. Going to be a good one, and we'll see you there. Or uh, tune in and watch or listen. We, uh, we can't wait. It's going to be a fun one. And uh, thanks to all of you for listening. We'll see you next week.